0: Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. Get that guy out of here. Piece of shit. (laughs) Well, he ain't changed much. (laughs) I did enjoy that they started off with Moxley, Bully said on Bust Open Radio. They came out with a bang. People were ready for it and Moxley said what he needed to say. However, I would have liked to have heard just a little bit of accountability from John. I understand the whole demons thing. We always use the word demons as a creative word to get around the real issues. Whether it's an alcohol issue, whether it's a drug issue, in Tommy Dreamer's case, it's an eating issue. Everybody has some kind of demon they have to get around. Bully continued. We have our demons. These demons got the best of John for a time period where he had to step away from AEW. I would have liked to have heard him say a bit of an apology to the AEW fans. You don't have to apologize to the boys, even though the boys do count on you. But any one of those guys and gals could have had the same problems you did. And trust me, I came up in an era where a slew of men and women had their demons. Get the fuck out of here, dude. That is one of the worst takes of all time. I (laughs) here's my thing about Bully Ray. I truly believe that Bully Ray believes he's the bully of the industry. I truly believe that because when you watch it or watch, I guess you can technically, but when you listen to his show, there are such bad takes. I don't even watch it anymore or listen to it anymore because it's just it's just him. At this point, he is the Skip Bayless of professional wrestling hot takes. You, he doesn't believe what he says. He's just sitting there like, do-do-do-do-do, you know. AJ says, What's, what does John owe an apology for? For getting healthy and looking the best he's looked in, since we've seen him? What's he owe an apology for? Oh, I need to apologize to go get sober? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Really? I, 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 I was debating on whether or not I would start the show with that. I said no, I'm not gonna do it. No, last week, but but we had last week we had WWE's take and 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 um, I I just was like, ah, n- yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so let's just leave it there. Anyways, this is your Monday show, and before we get into it, programming note once again, last time you guys hear me say it, except for the Wednesday show. Next Monday, January 31st, I will be out of town, and there will be no wrestling show on Monday. The wrestling show will be a review, only a review, of the Royal Rumble match and the Royal Rumble pay-per-view itself. There will be nothing else, there will be no AEW, none of that, because I will be out of town for work, and I just need to have a show there. It's a dope-ass show, though, because we have the lovely Cobra on fantastic interview it's one of the best interviews i've ever done it's only been a few times where i've sat back after an interview and been like mm, that was fucking good you know because i don't do them very often so i don't get much practice but this i learned a lot about this young lady um, that i didn't know and even in the middle of the interview i had to stop the interview and say hey, this is a real interview <laughs> you know it was just fucking crazy because of everything so anyways Please still check it out. The Royal Rumble review will come Tuesday or Wednesday. I get back in town Tuesday afternoon. I will I will have already recorded it, so I just need to upload it to the feed. Because I'm, I'm probably going to watch it. No, I'm definitely going to watch it when I'm out of town. And then I'll just take my notes and record it and whatever. And then I'll leave it at that. But I still want you guys to check it out. It's very, very important. So it was let's get right into it. And I was gonna save AEW for last, but since we start off with AEW, let's just hit AEW, some random notes, then we'll get to WWE, okay? AEW Rampage. John Moxley beats Ethan Ego Page by pass out. Then at the end of it, looks like Brian Danielson and John Moxley are gonna have that match they didn't have. And it looks like we're gonna get right into it. Brian was waiting for Moxley in the, the hallway he always leaves out of, and I cannot wait for this match. It's gonna be fan-freaking-tastic. Dynamite. CM Punk beats Sean Spears in 10 seconds. That has to be a Dynamite record, or an AEW record at this point, um, which I thought was a good bounce back for Punk after he helped, he used his wits and his veteranship to outsmart a cocky Sean Spears. I like that. I really did. Sting and Darby Island defeated the Acclaim. Sting wrestled the match pretty much by himself. They beat up Darby before the match started. Then it was a two-on-one match most of the time. So really, if we're being honest, this was all Sting, which is fan-freaking-tastic, fun, and Acclaim was the number one contenders for tag team titles. Like I said, I think I know what this is building to. This is definitely building to a token title run for Sting because he's not gonna get a world championship or a TNT title. But I think him and Darby have to tag some tiles, and then they could drop it off to get some mega heat on some people. Maybe, the, maybe just like the acclaimed. You know what I'm saying? So, obviously not being Jurassic Express, I still think the House of Black is gonna beat the Jurassic Express, and then I could definitely see like a sting Darby Allen, just a, a good feel victory maybe at like I don't know, double or nothing or something like that. And then they drop it to, uh, once again, the Acclaimed are the current number one contenders. So it's not like, you know, they're going to fall out of it. The acclaimed, they're a very famous tag, famous popular tag team in AEW. So that should be good to watch. Britt Baker, Adam Cole defeated Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. This was a fun match. I liked I liked it. Um, they are having, uh, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy are having a, a lights out match to be in the finale of this feud or whatever. So looking forward to that match as well. The House of Black debuts and they defeat their tag team. They get their first victory. But then who is to appear on the board? A Pac. And he has this white cloth over his eyes and he literally pulls it down to his giving this speech. Him and Penta versus Brody King and freaking um, Alice, uh, Malachi Black is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And finally, the way they started it off, how we started this show off was talking about John Moxley's promo, which was a hell of a pro- promo. It started off with a bang. This guy called him a, a heckler, called him a drunken, get that drunk guy out of here. And he he started off cursing. He said, get, get the, he said, shut the fuck up, get that piece of shit out of here. But I think wasn't he actually banned from what I saw? So, um, first of all, it's always one heckler. And I know people said, oh, I saw online people people like, hey, you know, that's what wrestling fans get a bad name. It's just some fans in general. I'm pretty sure. If you hear some things some people say at football games, my God, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just toxic fandom anywhere you go. But it's only certain people, though. And you know what? We, we can't put ourselves in that category. Because if we do, then we're no better than them. So, you know, I wouldn't pay too much attention to it you know but that guy did get what he deserved if he did get kicked out and the guy we deserved by john moxie saying fuck you you know whether he got in trouble or not i don't know i don't really care if moxie got in trouble i'm pretty sure it was fucking worth it so um cody cut a promo i have not seen this promo but it's caused a lot of controversy um it feels like cody is trying to i don't think he's actually trying to play tweener here I think he's trying to get back to those days where he would cut promos and he was just the most over guy in AEW. And I just don't... I think he's he's currently fighting against himself, right? So he's currently just like... It's kind of like those things where you try to dig yourself out of that hole that you made. And, and, and he, he's, it feels like he's 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 losing ground every time he cuts a promo. And I think honestly is going to help him in the long run. Because... As much as he says he's not gonna turn heel, unless he has a John Cena reason to not turn heel, Tony Khan's gonna t- ask him to turn heel, and he's gonna want to turn heel. And he may not turn it right now, but he's definitely gonna be in the heel turn. I, and I can see him as a heel World AEW champion. Just I I just don't believe the V the VPs right. We've already seen Omega hold the World Championship. We've already seen the Buck tip hold, Bucks hold the Tag Team Championships. There's no way the fourth EVP is not gonna hold the AEW Championship and just stay at the team. No. He is a main eventer now. Like, whether you like Cody or not, those are fucking facts. He is, an, he is a main eventer. And I did find it funny. I read online that his was about his contract status, right? About how um, he burned the bridge with WWE and how he was trying to use his leverage. I don't think he was, personally. I just think he was negotiating a deal. And he got put in quarantine. And it just became a deal. And I think it's one of those situations, like the same way Sami Zayn just resigned, right? And Sami Zayn said, hey, I'm going to have fun. And do 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 I think it's one of those situations where he never planned on using it as leverage. I don't think he wants to go back to WWE. And if you're telling me that WWE, he burned a bridge, get the fuck out of here. They'll take him back in a heartbeat. You know why? Because it's WWE. <laughs> They'll take him back just to cut him in a heartbeat. Because he, cause you have to remember, he asked for his release last time and it was a granted. They didn't get a chance to actually fire him. I'm glad they. I, I'm sure they say, "Hey, you built a competition. We'll hire you just to fire you." That's how petty this company is. So let's not even let's not get all crazy or whatever. But it's going to be him versus Sammy Guevara to determine one TNT champion. This is and this is why he did. This is what now we know why he did. They have to have the Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels thing from WrestleMania 10. It's going to be a ladder match at Beach Break. And this ladder match card, I mean, in this in this Break break card. I've only seen two matches that, could, that I've actually noticed that's been signed. But you have fucking the lights out match between Adam Cole and Britt Baker, and then you, I'm, I'm Cole, and I'm Cole and Ernst Cassidy, and you have the Liar match between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes. I can only imagine the crazy shit we're gonna see, and I can only imagine that this is gonna be a Sammy Guevara win, right? Right? I don't know. If I take a wild guess, I'm saying it's going to be a Cody win, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know who's going to win this thing. I guess it would just make more sense for, Sam, you wouldn't, why would you give Sammy, I, well, this is, and there's no real, I know Cody's a heel in this. You know what? I'm going I'm to go on a route, on a, on a route I don't believe in, and I'm going to fucking say, you know what? Sammy Guevara is going to win. I'll say that. There you go. And it looks like we know where our main event's going to be. is Adam Hangman Page versus Lance Archer for the AEW World Championship. And that's fine. This is someone that uh, Hangman can beat. And I think it'll be a good match either way. Finally, ending off our AEW news, Wave 3 of Unmatched up for pre-order now. is the Dark Order series. It has Brody Lee, John Silver, Anna Jay. I can't think. uh, Evil Uno, 10, I think. It's only five figures. Um, when I first saw this, right, I, I got I saw, the, I saw the the stuff real late. Because for some reason, Ringside Collectibles sends me these emails like really freaking late, right? So I'm like, oh, man. So usually by the time I get to it, it's on the third pre-order wave. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to get mine until April or whatever. I'm, I'm never in a rush to get mine. Anyway, however, I got to it pretty late. I was stunned to see that it was still on pre-order wave one with Brody, uh, Lee, Mr. Brody Lee being the one that was headlining this with the tnt championship i was stunned because i thought for sure this would be the figure that would just be ridiculous totally hard to get and i was telling this to figure four photos because i was like what i've decided to do because they've gone up on their figures because they have a monopoly on figures ringside collectibles has right uh it's been it's gone from like 22 to like 30 bucks and the Brody lee was 33 dollars Plus that doesn't that doesn't have shipping and taxing and also taxing, tax and shipping and all this other stuff. And it's one of those situations where we're talking about, it, and I told him I said my strategy is kind of like I get the figures on pre-order that I want. So I got Brody uh I'm keep saying Brody King. Brody Lee and um I got Brody Lee and Anna And what I've been doing is if I want any of the figures, if I see them at retail, i just buy them, right? Like example. I did not get FTR offline. I said, you know what? If I still happen to see him in the store, I'll pick him up in the store. Said, you know what happened? I saw Cash Wheeler first, picked him up, and I said, I kept the receipt. I said, you know what? If I if I see Dax Hardwood, I will, but if, after two months, whenever, whenever the receipt expires, uh, I'll just take him back. Sure enough, just the other day, I found Dax. I wasn't even looking for him. So it was one of those situations where now I'm paying retail price, 20 bucks. That's where other people pre-ordered it, and they spent at least 15 dollars more um so that's what i decided to do with that like i didn't even want the cody lj and i, I didn't care less i got on because it was in stores you know but anyways I, I it's one of those situations where i think uh, and also these these figures have slowed down dramatically like like i've noticed something interesting about marvel legends right and they were very very slow then all of a sudden the eternals wave hits then the Age of Apocalypse, uh, I think it's the second wave of the Age of Apocalypse wave hit. Now, anytime I'm in Target, there's a bunch of peg warmers of the Eternals and a bunch of peg warmers of the freaking uh, Age of Apocalypse. AEW has now, I've seen more uh, peg warmers than I've ever seen before of it. Usually the same figures. I've seen a lot of uh, Reho's. Um, more Reho's than anything. Um, still no Brandies. I've still never seen Brandy's. I've seen a couple of... Uh, Brit Bakers. Um, but I, I don't know if I'll call them Pegwomers. The Reels has definitely been Pegwomers though. But anyways, it is up for pre-order. Go check it out if you want it. I mean, last I checked, it's still freaking on pre-order once. If you order it now, you could probably get yours by mid-February. So, just so you guys know. Alright, let's hit some WWE news and notes. Well, as a matter of fact, let's hit some news and notes first. Mustafa Ali has had his... Release reportedly denied. I saw something interesting about this. Someone made a good point. And it's the thing I've been saying on the show for the last year. Every time Bruce Pritchard has been, I've listened to his podcast, and they talk about the the past, he said Vince's old rule was, or his rule is, if you're not happy, you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. That is so not true. I think what's going on is they will let certain people out, and I guarantee you, if that seemed like that argument had to be real between Mustafa Ali and Mr. Man for them to deny his release and they're not even using him. And I could definitely see it being a thing. Apparently he has years left on his contract. So it wouldn't matter. But let's say if he had but I could see it being a thing where they would release him a few months after and let's say if his contract was ending in June. I could see him releasing him in May, just so it's a three month wait longer to wrestle. So who knows how long before we see Mustafa Ali on TV. But I have to imagine if he argues with Vince, if that was a real thing. One, we're not going to see him for a while because it's clearly he's going to hold, hold up to his principles. But two, it looks like it's going to be very, very dangerous um, for him to. I, I don't know what he wants to do. But I will say this. They might try to beat the wrestling business out of this guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, he seems to be a type of person that stands up for what he believes in. So, that's just crazy to me. But I saw that and said, wow. Okay. Very interesting. Let's hit Raw. Dewdrop lays out Becky Lynch. I think this will be a fantastic match. I'm actually looking forward to it. And um, she's going to lose, obviously, Dewdrop. But I think this will will, will be a fun match to watch. Kevin Owens beats Damian Priest. I had no clue Damian Priest was undefeated on a main roster for over a year, and that was his first singles pinfall loss. He was essentially the modern-day Tatanka. For those of you who don't know who Tatanka is, he was uh, a, a guy who played the Indian gimmick. And he was undefeated for like two years or something like that. And I believe it was Lex Luger was the first person to beat him by, pin, by pinfall. No, it wasn't Lex Luger. Who was the first person? of fact, let's look that up. That's a fun fact. Uh, let's see. Uh huh. Ah. <sighs> In September 1993, Tito finally suffered his first WWE feat losing to Ludwig Borga on an episode of. <laughs> I did not see that coming! Oh God. I just remember him and Lex Luger had fantastic uh, steel matches, but Ludwig Borger is the one who dethroned Tatanka. In this case, at least he was a former Universal Champion and a really great wrestler in Kevin Owens. But to me, this made things interesting, that this was barely even brought up, because my whole thing is this, right? My whole thing is just that... Um, Something like this should be, should be acknowledged. Like, his priest has been he- heavily protected. I know some people have even predicted that this year he may be in the world title picture, which I can definitely see. The reason why I keep forgetting that he's a United States champion is because the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship are just completely on fucking ice right now. Like, I don't feel anything for those titles right now. And I should, because, don't me wrong, if Nakamura is really injured, then that's just one thing. But if but Priest has been on TV just as this week. It just doesn't feel like, it just doesn't doesn't feel special. Especially losing the Kevin Owens who is in the middle of this weird love hate thing Jericho friendship part two thing with Seth Rollins. So just really weird stuff. But anyways, just didn't know and I just thought that was a fun fun fact. Matt or oh, man. <laughs> I how about to say Matt Orton. Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, has accepted an IQ test challenge from the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable was fantastic in this segment. I only watched it on YouTube. Then I watched the full thing. Him passing out and everything like that. So, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, they need they need something to do before you get to WrestleMania. So, I don't see them being in the, 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 the title picture. But I definitely see them, you know, uh, I definitely see them, you know, uh, doing it or whatever. So... Uh, Doing something, losing again, blah, blah, blah. And so I think it'll be cool. So anyways, Austin Theory defeated Finn Balor clean. And then it's a report that Vince, Vince McMahon has seen nothing in Finn Balor. And that he sees him as the new Jeff Hardy. As a Mick Carter getting younger talent over. Now, I believe Finn Balor is like 38 years old, right? If I'm not mistaken. And so it's one of those things where, to me, one, it's insulting. I can see why you would see that in Jeff Hardy because he's pretty beat up. I I can still see you getting one more world, well, maybe, if Jeff Hardy's on the up and up, I can see you getting one more world title run out of Jeff Hardy, right? Just to even put someone else over and get some heat on him. But Finn Balor is in fantastic shape. I guarantee you, if Finn Balor goes back to New Japan or whatever, he's gonna be world champion. It's not gonna be hard. No, he is really, really good. And the fact that he's gone back on the main roster twice now and, and been used like this. Yeah, he's a former Universal champion. He was heard. Former intercontinental champion. Um but in NXT is where he had his greatest run. And even the second time around, he was a fucking monster. I don't I just don't understand. Like I get Vince is the genius and And we can't say that about certain people, but I don't know, dude. I just don't, I don't know what the deal is. You know, I just don't get what he doesn't see in Finn, you know? Uh, So, anyways, that was just heartbreaking to to read. Bobby Lashley defeated Seth Rollins by DQ after Shelton, Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander interfered. Also, Uso's laid out Seth at the end of the night will, to be continued on that one, on the, uh, freaking, uh, Smackdown side of it. Asuka reportedly should be ready to go by the Rumble. It will be nice to see Asuka back in that tag team division. It will be great to see her back on television. She's been gone way too long. Also, programming up for Raw and NXT fans. Raw and NXT will be bumped next month due to the Winter Olympics. So just be prepared for that. And as another rumor that Seth Rollins is going to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. So I am, so I am really interested to see where this goes now. If, if that is the case, because it's not. It was. At first, it was reported that Biggie was going to retain the WWE Championship. Then it came out later on that Seth Rollins is going to win the WWE Championship and go into WrestleMania as a champion. So now I'm super curious as to how this works because if Rollins is the one to defeat Reigns, then that means that I'll have to assume Brock is going to keep the, or what could happen is both guys could lose and you just go into WrestleMania in the main event with a grudge match, which I don't think we've had a main event at WrestleMania without a championship being on the line since WrestleMania 8, right? No, WrestleMania 11. Because WrestleMania 11 was Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor, which was credit to Bam Bam Bigelow and getting Lawrence Taylor look as amazing as he did. But I think that was the last time we have not had a championship match end. No, I'm wrong again. WrestleMania 26. (laughs) Shawn Michaels versus Stantaker 2. Yeah. So it takes a lot. for It takes two major names to main event without championships. I'm conflicted on this because I don't want to see title for title. A unification match, which I don't think they're going to do anyway. But both those guys don't need the belts. But what good does it do to have Rollins in the ring? That's fascinating to me. And, and and Rollins was right in that promo we cut two weeks ago. He's never beaten Reigns, hasn't beaten Rollins in a championship match. Very fascinating. I, I don't know the thing about that rumor. It's fascinating. It's just, it sets up things for WrestleMania. So if Rollins does win, I would definitely put my money on Big E winning the Royal Rumble then, and then those two culminating at WrestleMania. It wouldn't end the, the ma- it, I would imagine it's gonna be like how last year was the women will main event one night and the men will main event the, the second night so it's not gonna main event either night but i still think it'll be a great match and then biggie can maybe get that championship but i don't i don't see it after what i saw on smackdown i just don't see that happening but i don't know I, the predictions for this year are gonna be fucking off the roof anyways raw found on raw raw draws second lowest crowd of the pandemic era the pictures i saw were kind of depressing, but when you have a four hour fucking show, and I said four hours on purpose, it's kinda of, it's bound to happen. So let's get to NXT 2.0. And the big news of the week where Walter defeated Roger Strong and he, to me I thought it was a great match. And then he renames himself Gunther. Now I didn't think anything of this name. I thought it was stupid a stupid name change, but then it proved what we already knew is that Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon and everybody else is now running NXT, right? And then I got a text message. Matter of fact, let me let's, let me read this t- fucking text message. Let me read this text message from Jonathan Esther. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Dang, text too much. Okay, no, that's not it. God damn, he was pretty mad about it. I was, and I laughed at this actually. So they gave the Austrian guy who went around calling himself the ring general with a group called Imperium, the name of a Nazi (laughs) U-boat commander. I didn't realize that's what it was until then. I did my own research and then everybody else started hitting me up. I was like, okay, you guys have to understand, people. It's not this serious. I think it's hilarious that they wouldn't do their research and just rename someone because guess what? They didn't bring him in. Triple H did, so we have to rebrand him. So, you know, for me, I was not surprised whatsoever at the stupidity of this and the backlash they got. But, I don't understand why you need to rename him anyway. To me, it was just one of those situations where it's like, what good does it do to, to rename him? He, his, he, Walter is a great brand already, and this dude's a fucking beast. But, look here, dude. I just watch the show so I don't get fired. <laughs> so, Raquel Gonzalez is apparently moving up from NXT 2.0. We'll see how good she does on the main roster. Congratulations on her. And Ciampa was seen in a tank top and he dyed his beard on a main event match, which was very interesting to see. And speaking of that, Sky Too High was on the Jericho podcast and he said that once Vince took over, he mandated a bunch of stuff. He said before, if you were a coach at the PC under Triple H, you came in track suits, you know, ready to get down and dirty with your, with your, uh, Freaking um, talent, right? He said once Vince came back, he asked everyone to dye their beards, cut their hair, and back to business casual. That's the first thing I thought when I when I, when I heard that from Sky Two Hottie. My first thought was, "Hmm, that's why that's why his Champa's beard is dyed." But he, he that's, I, that's for someone who looks as old as Vince does, even with all the the work he's had on his face. He has the nerve to say that to make people try to die their fucking bad. So, anyways, I thought that was fucking hilarious. So, last note on NXT 2.0. Uh, it looks like Roddy may be going up soon as well. As he has had some dark matches for a main roster on SmackDown. So, that seems to be a very interesting take. I don't know how long he'll last on there. But, you know, it seems pretty decent. Hint. Uh, look here. As long as these people have a job. I can care less, dude. You know, these, these men and women are too talented to be out in the street. So, um, as long as he has a job. Finally, we're touching SmackDown. Uh, this started with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins did drop Moxley's name. He dropped Mox. So, uh, to me, I, I do think it's kind of dope how... Um, I do think it's kind of dope how... They're going to acknowledge each other because that's that's a big part of their history. And he said, he, we both held you like the Usos are holding you up. And then a deal was made. That if Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens can defeat the Usos, then the Usos will be banned from ringside. Then, Roman said, if, I, if they win, then you won't get your title match and I'll be on vacation until WrestleMania. Well, in the tag team match, Reigns had to save his cousins, knocking out Seth Rollins. Which, if I, I, that kind of was a dumb... He'll move. He should have just beat up the Usos and got disqualified. But, but put a big smile on Seth Rollins' face. I, I would have to assume if Reigns is going to um, retain, I would just have to assume it's going to be by another way. I could, I could see this. Because once again, this Brock Lesnar thing is not over. And the one thing we know about Roman Reigns is that he either starts tonight or he ends it. And since I believe the Rumble's ending this this Royal Rumble pay-per-view, I would have to assume that Reigns is going to be the first match on the card. So a lot will play out throughout the night if Brock Lesnar interferes. I would have to assume if Brock interferes, Reigns will interfere. And they will both lose their championship. So that's going to be very interesting there. Here was the saddest thing of the week, though, for me. As we know, last week, Kofi Kingston lost to Matt Cat Moss. Well, fast forward... And Kofi needs some backup. Woods is out for six to eight weeks. And the next thing you know, we see Big E return on SmackDown to help out his brother in arms. And I, I know people were happy with it, but I was so sad. I was so sad. He had a, a me, very, very mediocre championship run. Then, then they treat him like Kofi Kingston. Just back in the mid-card so fucking fast. I really do hope he is the winner of the Royal Rumble. I just, God damn it, so sad to see that. So... Really bad. So, anyways, quick news and notes. Last thing I'll say is Naito. I don't know why I say his name like that. But to Tusei Naito is. He takes a 24% pay cut in order to stay with New Japan. So, he is going to be in there for the long run. And we have Leo Rush announcing that his. AEW contract ends February 14th and apparently a few more contracts are set to expire as well. Outside of Marco Stunt, which we talked about before, it will be Brian Cage as well and a few others. So we're going to see a mass exodus from AEW as well. It's just going to be one of those situations where it'll be because the contracts will expire and not because they're firing anybody. So they'll be fully paid. Then they can go work wherever they want to. And so, you know, that's good for AEW. I I do hope that their model of of that can stay for a very long time because i feel like i feel like that's kind of hard to do every time but at the same time you know what if someone wants to go you let them go i'm sure brian hitch hasn't been happy for a long time when he came on he was he was really um freaking uh he had a lot of exposure at first and then i, I kind of lost the shuffle and uh, he had a big win over Hangman last year and kind of surprised people would get to a pay-per-view loss. And to be honest with you, I've thought about this a little bit. I don't know what you do with Brian Cage once you kick him out of uh, Team Taz. Because really, Team Taz really isn't that, isn't featured that much anyway. Like, Ricky starts wrestles less than fucking MJF. Let's just be real. So, you know, I don't know how you how, what you do about that. But um, I, I wish them all the best of success in the future and wherever they want to go. So... Anyways, that is your show for this week, your Monday show. Once again, next week, the lovely Cobras on the Monday show. Check out my review of Peacemaker episode four. And this is really good stuff. I'm looking so forward to um, everything coming in the next few weeks. I already have to match the month up for next month. It's going to be a dope ass year. So I am this little chemical. This is the Monday show. We are out.